This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi and welcome to the show. So one of the things I see come up loads in my Facebook group and in my membership community is that people want to learn how to take better photos for social media and to capture really striking scroll-stopping images, particularly for Instagram. So on this episode, I have got Liz Gregg, who is a photographer and she's also the creator of the Black White Gold Instagram account. So Black White Gold follows the adventures of Elsa, Dolly and Jeannie, who are three amazing dogs who perform fantastic tricks and the pictures are just amazing. If you haven't seen them already, go and check her out. In this episode, Liz talks about how to take scroll-stopping pictures of your dog or your pet for social media and she shares loads of tips and tricks on how to do that. She talks about her background as a photographer and how she came to grow her Instagram following to the point where she was featured by Instagram themselves and what that did, how that impacted on her social media followers um, and lots of tips on how you can follow what she's done even if you're not a trained photographer, even if you're not a dog trainer, just ways for you to get better photos of your pets to share online. So I hope you enjoy this episode and do go and give Liz a follow at black, white and gold on Instagram. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did when I chatted to Liz and now on to the main part of the show. So I've got a very special guest on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be speaking to the lady behind the Black White Gold Instagram account, who is Pretty Jeannie. Jeannie. <laughs> Hi Jeannie. No, Jeannie's gone. Really, it's actually Liz who I'm speaking to. <laughs> So, hi Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hello, Rachel. Thank you to your glamorous assistant, Jeannie, as well, for doing your <laughs> intro at first. Welcome, Jeannie. <laughs> Very good. Oh, she's playing with the toy now. Oh, it's lovely to have you here anyway. So, can you tell me a little bit about your background, Liz? Okay, so where do, where do we need to start? I went to university and I studied literature in Glasgow. I loved Glasgow. But I'd always, from a child, loved photography. My dad worked in the camera shop for a while, so he knew how to take photos. He knew how to print black and white photos as well. And so with my dad, I set up a, um, a dark room in a cupboard at my grandma's. Which <laughs> I love this in the photos there yeah it was so good um, and then I continued that when I was at university studying literature I took my camera I mainly did black and white because I love printing um, and then I came to London after um, studying in Glasgow and I got a job temping at the NSPCC and the woman that I sat opposite her brother was a photographer and he was looking for an assistant so she basically made him employ me I just rocked up and like she'd been told to just say you have the job so I got the job so I became um, an assistant to a commercial photographer and I only really did that for a year I was really lucky I kind of you know maybe I'm just good at chatting to people meeting people but I quite quickly started getting my own work and initially it was um, doing photos for kids magazine so Miz magazine, then Sugar, More, Bliss. Brilliant. <laughs> and you just used to have to, I just go to magazines with a portfolio. 
um, speak to a picture editor and try and convince them to give me a go as well. The most difficult bit in a way of being a commercial photographer is getting those first few jobs because it's okay maybe you know lots of people can take amazing pictures of their good looking mate or their good looking dog but to be able to take a photo no matter what if the weather's not right the person is not photogenic um the location that you've been sent to just isn't photogenic what are you going to do you still have to get that photo you still have to send it to the magazine and it still has to be publishable so I started doing that and I just loved it. And I do, I'm still doing that now. But obviously, because of the lockdown, there's not so many magazine jobs at the minute. But that is definitely, it's been my main source of income, definitely, for about 20 years, taking photos for magazines. And that's how we met. Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So um, obviously. Did that make sense or was I waffling? Oh, no, it's OK. Yeah, so we met. Um, it's actually four years ago. Um, no, uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's so, crazy. I know. So Liz and I, um, Liz and I were both, um, and we were both employed by Asda Magazine to go and do a feature for them, um, like four years ago. And it was about, um, it was about cows. And so, I mean, like what you were just saying then about things being challenging, like going yeah. into a field full of cows. Now that's challenging, isn't it? It so, was a challenging shoot for sure, wasn't it? Oh but, my gosh! Yeah. yeah. And remember, we had to actually change our mind with what we were going to do at the first farm that we went to yeah. and ended up actually doing a picture of the farmer's son drinking a glass of milk in their farmhouse kitchen rather yeah. than doing a picture with the cows because it just wasn't working. So you've just got to be able to think on your feet. You've got to be brave enough to actually make a decision and, and try different things out. Oh you have gosh. to be able to communicate well with people and just and just think and, and work around the subject. Definitely. And then we had that other lovely lady who had like, you know, oh. she used to go and, you know, go and have Christmas dinner with the cows and read them, read them bedtime stories. She was amazing, wasn't her. she? And she'd won awards for her silage. Remember? Oh, she was so sweet, wasn't she? <laughs> I know, I but yeah, when I was listening to you and you were talking about, you know, working for like maize and sugar and stuff and what it was like, um, you know, 20 years ago. Now, we if you're taking photos of your beautiful friend, we've got smartphones and filters. Yeah. Then you had a camera and you printed, you you processed the film and that's, you know, you had to get the shot, didn't you? So yeah. photography then compared to photography now is completely different. Um, and I know like with us being from the kind of a journalism background, you know it's it's been a challenging time hasn't it photographers over the for photographers over the last few years because of smartphones um and because everyone's a journalist now aren't they um, and I think you know the fact that you've got that background and you've, you've you did it like in the old days when it wasn't all smartphones and filters that yeah. really really shows in your pictures and if you think it? about the photos that magazines and newspapers still still use it does not tend to be a photo that is over filtered you know, yeah. I mean, it's def definitely for features anyway. Um, so they still want what a photographer can do. They don't want to be given overly retouched, overly filtered photos that just don't mm -hmm. really look like the person and ends up looking very samey as well. You know, but everybody's looking for a very similar, similar angle, a similar look. Um, yeah. And you just, yeah, you can't see skin anymore and things like that, you know. Yeah, and that's I just think, kind of, you know, yeah. That's what exists on social media, but I still think it doesn't exist so much um, in in the world of, of print media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 
one of the, yeah, I mean, I know we've talked about this before because you've you've been we've been on shoots together and then you've done shoots with people I've worked with and that kind of thing. And I do think um, photo shoots are so so important if you if you are a small business owner to actually yeah. have those have some decent imagery. Something that I bang on a lot, but I won't go down that rabbit hole with you, Liz, because you've got much I more exciting what, things to I talk also about. I do think what people need to remember: it is important to have um, photos, and it is tax deductible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wish yes. people remembered that. It's okay, you know. You would be paying that money in tax at the end of the year. Why not give it to a photographer to do you some lovely pictures? That's my sales pitch over. I know. That is so true, though. I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about why uh, why it's important to have a photo shoot, and I should have mentioned that in it. But anyway, I digress. So we're here today because we're going to be talking about your Black White Gold account and your awesome, amazing three dogs. And I just... I'm so so excited because I love your account so much like <laughs> and I know so when I when I posted in my Facebook group that you were that I was having a chat with you loads of people were like, oh my gosh we love that account it's amazing you've got maybe 50, so 000 funny, Instagram followers and you've not done any of those bots or follow unfollow things. no 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 never no um, so <laughs> tell me all about black white white and gold and how it all started and the dogs behind it as well can I first, I just got this message from Black White Gold yesterday from somebody who has a private account, so I don't know anything about them. But this is the reason, or a big reason why I still do the account. So somebody just sent me a message who I just didn't even really had noticed that they following. They'd never sent a message before. And then every now and then somebody will send something like this. I have to thank you. One of the things that keeps me on Instagram is your content. And the first thing that I check for in the morning, the sheer joy that these wonderful doggies bring through a screen is immense I'm always impressed to seeing them live the greatest of lives thank you love you guys and it's things like that that just make doing an Instagram account that I'm not making money off but it really just makes me happy and it makes other people happy and the idea that people watch the dogs around the world and enjoy and look forward to seeing what they've been doing today is crazy and they get spotted, for God's sake, in the street. Like, oh, my God, is that genie? Is that black, white, gold? <laughs> so That's so brilliant. I love it. Uh, I started it. Um, so what would it be? Three, over three years ago? Three and a half years ago. Um, because I'd been commissioned to do a studio shoot for Cosmopolitan magazine, which was called How to Make Your Dog Insta-Famous. And it was um, photos of a writer with her sister's basset hound. And she was then doing a story about how to make your dog Insta-Famous. And she put the Basset Hound onto Instagram to see how many followers she could get. I think it was within a month, yeah. right? And I took my friend Danielle, who owns Dolly the Cocker Spaniel, who's a black <laughs> Jane, Jane. And so I took Danielle as well as my assistant, who owns Dolly the Cocker Spaniel, who's in Black, White, Gold. And we were doing the shoot, and it went really well, and the feature was really interesting. But we were like, we could do this. Why don't we do a dog Instagram account? And that's what gave us the idea. And so that's why we started Black White Gold. And initially, we thought that we'd be using, because I took, you know, loads of photos all the time anyway, that we just had this vast library already of dog photos that we could use for the Instagram account. But the way that it turned out was, no, I just became addicted to making new photos most days. And I think that's one of the things that I like to do, definitely, is make 
make the photos quite fresh. I like that quite often the photos have been taken that morning that I post. I think that's uh, quite a good thing to do with Instagram. I think people like it to see actually what you've been doing today. Yeah, I think from your point of view, because you are obviously a professional photographer and you've got your models and you know you you you're really good at training as well. To have it going out live is you you've got that you've got that luxury. So if you've got that luxury, you can, and you can do it, oh, then yeah, it's totally. going to work think, so yeah. much better. Because a lot of people I know with we were I was talking to somebody about personal brand shoots the other day, and people most people don't have that luxury. They have to get a photographer to do a personal brand yeah. shoot, so they have to you know put the pictures out as and when. Whereas you have got the dogs, you've got the camera, you've got the knowledge, um, so you can just go for it, can't you? So I think stories story as long as people do stories every day maybe to keep it fresh and keep it relevant to what's happening today then yeah absolutely the posts can be from a previous shoot definitely so um I love that I remember reading that article in Cosmo and I never knew that was why yeah I kept it I've got it printed out somewhere Um, yeah um because I was doing I was writing about influencers I've just written about pet influencers for like the mail on Sunday and it was when it was all kind of really first started kicking off wasn't it with the pet influencers um so yeah so I was really kind of tuned into it all I remember reading about that basset hound um so yeah so and now obviously you know the dog Instagram world the pet Instagram world has just grown and grown and grown and there are lots of people out there who have Instagram accounts and that's their full-time job which is just extraordinary but also Mm. brilliant isn't it so can you tell us about your Instagram account and what people will get when they go to black white gold I think there's a couple of things that I like to show so it is about the photography I love taking pictures of the dogs and especially during lockdown they have been my main models um, and do a fantastic job of that but what I also want to show is how to positively reinforce and train your dogs and what a great time dogs have when they've been trained in 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 a positive and happy way they are willing and happy to do these little shoots for me and in between times they play they're off lead they have a hundred percent recall and they're really you know confident well-adjusted dogs well-socialized dogs and I like the account to show that I I want it especially in America where um, a lot of dogs obviously not all dogs but a lot of dogs there are not trained with positive reinforcement there's things Mm -hmm. like on collars that are still used and e-collars which I just don't really agree with in terms of how to train a dog I just think not only can it end up making a dog nervous and unhappy but also they're just in the long run not as successful at training a dog as positive Mm -hmm. reinforcement so I think that's one of the main things that I want the account to show I want people to have a good time watching the dogs have a good time and although I would probably get more followers and more engagement if I did a lot of a lot more dressing the dogs up posts and things like that that's not really my remit either every now and then like for example it's a running joke that Dolly is really great at wearing things on her head even that tends to be you know things that we find on the beach and just for a few seconds we balance it on Dolly's head it's really not about the cutesy indoor pictures of um dogs being uh humanized and wearing clothes although that is totally cute that is not what I wanted to show with the account it's more dogs having um a natural good life with plenty Mm -hmm. of exercise and um and positive training methods. 
Yeah. I forgot to ask you at the beginning as well. Tell me about the dogs on the account. So there's three dogs <laughs> there, isn't that? You introduced right. them. So the dogs, the the gold element is uh, Elsa, who is 11, and she's a golden retriever cross with a standard poodle. She's quite aloof. She's quite a lady. Um, and she loves swimming and she's she loves her food. She's an excellent girl. And then my other dog is Jeannie, who is a cross between a border collie, a mini poodle and a toy poodle. She is crazy and she's very, very bright and she's very easy to train. I just taught her a new trick within minutes the other day, actually, that was yeah. just it was just open mouthed with um, Danielle. We couldn't believe she got it so quick. And then the third dog is actually my friend Danielle's dog, and she is Dolly the Cocker Spaniel, who we we call Eeyore. She's quite grumpy. She's quite <laughs> stubborn, and she's a massive character. Like she's so funny. And I know Danielle because she Dolly's the same age as Elsa, and they were best friends since been puppies. Dolly tends to not like other dogs. Yeah, really, you know, please keep away from me. You're quite repellent. Mm -hmm. Don't like you. Elsa, she loved from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, it's such a lovely story about their adventures as well, isn't it? And like, tell me, so also I meant to ask you, how old is Jeannie as well? I know the, the, oh, the Jeannie is 11. And so Dolly is also 11, like Elsa. Okay. Which so, again, I really like as well that they're quite, they're seen as senior dogs now, Elsa and, and Dolly. They're 11, but they're still running and playing and they're still having a great time. Mm, Although oh God, the CAM, which is the canine arthritis management charity, got in touch. And they yeah. do want me to do a few little posts or stories, um, which I'm going to do because Dolly definitely has some arthritis. And I think Elsa probably does as well because she's 11. But they're yeah. still having a great time. And we do mm -hmm. things with them like they see a hydrotherapist, they see uh, phys dog physios. Um, and I think it, it's, it's good to show, you know, you can, you can still do things with your dogs when they're getting older. They can still teach them new tricks. Mm -hmm. They can still run about. They can still have a good time. You just have to be aware of what, what they're capable of now. Yeah. And, um, and, and you don't know, just keep them in mind with how much exercise you're doing, what tricks you're doing, things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I had um, I've done quite a lot with Hannah from Canine Arthritis Management over the years. Yeah, yeah, I had she was she's amazing. I had her on. She did a podcast episode um, before Christmas, and we were talking about influencers, and she was talking about pet professionals being influencers. But you would be like, I know there are lots of different influencers, and you might not consider yourself an influencer. But what you've just said there about you know life about older dogs enjoying their you know yeah. enjoying life but enjoying life in a healthy way and yes you know bearing around the limitations and stuff yeah oh my gosh I can totally see what a brilliant um we even talked about maybe doing a little post about you know how to throw a ball for your dog yeah. just simple things like that um just rather than constantly throw in with uh, one of those chuckers repeated yeah. repeated repeated turn it more into a game I do so many different games with a the ball they're all ball obsessed but I don't just throw the ball for them to yeah. chase 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 we do different things with them and it's seen you know like how sniffer dogs are uh, motivated by a ball I think yeah. that the girls also have that you know they love the ball yeah. And I, yeah, I just got different ideas of how to show people to do games with the ball. It doesn't mean just the constant pounding of their joints on a yeah. pavement, chase, chase, chase. 
definitely and um, I was like I was I'm just writing notes as I'm chatting to you and I was just laughing about how well behaved your dogs are and how when you were talking about like perfect recall and, and focus and all that and I was thinking I'd love Liz to take photos of Patch but all of those things that she's talking about here he doesn't really have he's very photogenic <laughs> don't have it and when I say I yeah. mean Jeannie has really good recall but it's because of the training I did with Jeannie I was more prepared yes. because she was my second dog yeah. Elsa's is really pretty good and Dolly like she so knows what she should be doing and it's not as if she's running away but she's just so stubborn and mm -hmm. sometimes when you're calling her she doesn't even like turn her head she can hear you but just the ER stubbornness in her means the recall can take a wee wee bit of a while because she doesn't want to acknowledge your presence <laughs> she's so funny so it's not it's not all perfect it's yeah. not but, you know that we pretty much trust them. She sounds hilarious. She okay, is. so you had this um this really rapid growth on Instagram. So you're just under fifty thousand followers when I had a look this morning before we, we started chatting. Um and what would you say do you what like I know it's great it's it's great because you're a photographer and you've got lots of experience and you've also got three brilliant models, but what do you think it was that really kind of made a connection with people and made people want to follow you? What was it that what is it about your account do you think? And um, that makes people stop scrolling and, and want to want to know more. I think it does make them happy. <laughs> like, yeah. when they, you know, <laughs> the, the the message that I just read out. There's quite a few of messages that I get like that. Yeah, I think they like to see that they're having a lovely time. You know, <laughs> they're playing. Yeah. They they they're doing crazy tricks, but in a way that is allowing them to make mistakes. It's not, you know, that I'm entering competitions for heel work to music or anything. We're just having a laugh, you know? Yeah. And one of the stories that is up at the minute, actually, is of me. I found this stick because I had to rescue a ball for Elsa from yeah. under, like, this concrete platform. And so we just started playing games um, using that as a bat. And they were loving it. And I was useless as well. I love I love showing how useless I am at certain things. Yeah. Definitely any selfie that I ever put on there is always because I am soaking wet. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah. ever done a, put a selfie on black, white, gold Well, when I'm looking like, you know, kind of all fresh and glamorous. It was always, I, I could quite like to be real and I'd mm -hmm. like dogs to be real and I like to show them making mistakes and being a bit naughty but yeah. having a great time and essentially being bright I get lots of questions actually about how how I've trained them and how yeah. people can do similar tricks that I've done and things like that and I think people do they identify with them there's one woman actually that follows follows us who um is often in contact and um, responding to stories and she follows because she lost her dog about a year ago and hasn't been able to get another dog yet and she looks at the dogs every day to get her fix of, of yeah. dog life you know and it makes her happy to see what the girls have been doing oh that's so lovely yeah it's really, really nice I really love I really love some of the messages we get it's so nice and yeah. they get spotted now for god's sake how crazy is that like quite often I'll be out on a walk and I'll see people <laughs> taking and then they'll go oh, you think Jeannie Elsa <laughs> uh, yeah I went to um, I went to the Yorkshire coast on holiday a few years ago and I met someone I saw someone who I knew off Instagram 
Yeah, so I saw Sally uh, and Maya and Lucia in this bar and I was like, went running over going, it's Maya and Lucia, isn't it? Oh my gosh. And she was like, who's this absolute lunatic? Um, but yeah, it's really cool that people recognise you from social media. And I think with your dogs being so distinctive and the three of them. I, can totally I think see it's why. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And once my partner, he was working in America and I think he was looking at um, the account just to kind of catch up and see what we've been doing. We don't even need to have real conversations on the phone. He can just look to see what we've been doing by following Black White Gold. And the editor that he was working with saw what he was looking at and was like, oh, yeah, I follow them. And now he was like, they're my <laughs> dogs. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Like he could not believe that it was actually Elsa and, and Jeannie were his dogs. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Proud dog mom. In contact. So like I had a little lockdown um, conversation the other day and part of the conversation was, and how are the girls? How's black, white, gold? <laughs> this is so brilliant. I love it. Okay, so the other thing the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, how you so you you have got up to a really really amazing level of followers and something I know you've we, we chatted about this before the call and um, but you were followed you you're followed by Instagram aren't you so can you kind of tell us how that happened and how that helped your followers I'm not actually followed anymore but we were so what happened initially was Instagram I wish they still did it they used to do this amazing feature every weekend called the weekend hashtag project can you remember that so you used to have to, they used to, it used to be a different theme every weekend and you had to post a picture with the hashtag WHP, so weekend hashtag project, and then a theme. And I did, I'd not even seen it before. It was um, a quite a big account that we follow that let me know. I posted a photo and it, there were, it was very, a sparkly photo of Elsa shaking on the beach, but it was backlit. So loads of, she was just surrounded by what looked like a trillion little diamonds or stars or something and it was WHP Shine and so the woman who actually she's called Fran and she does um, the account Lizzie Bear which is an amazing Instagram account she said oh that you need to do that you need to do that as a hashtag project so it's Shine so I put the hashtag on it and we actually got picked and so it was featured on Instagram and got yeah. I think like a million likes or something oh my gosh so then made instagram aware of us and they sent me a message saying would i like to do um a weekly fluff which is another feature that i think they still do but it's when they just started with igtv and so a lot of what they wanted wasn't really the photo it was the videos of the girls on the beach doing the tricks doing all the black wag you know the the totem pole and what all the other the genie jumping and the reflections and things like that and then they edited a video together to some music and they put it on IGTV but then also did a post a photo um on Instagram as well and that again just had so many um likes but at the same time, they followed us. So it was so weird. I'd not even noticed. My friend got in touch and was like, Instagram is following you. You're in between David Beckham and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that is bonkers. I feel how the screenshots are where it was so funny. <laughs> But what happens when Instagram follows you is that you get so much spam. Yes. 
every time I refreshed the feed, there would be more people following us. But really quite a lot of spammy accounts. I think somehow people imagine that if they follow the same accounts that Instagram is following, that somehow their account will grow because they can't follow. I'm not sure why they think it's going to happen. But it meant that our numbers just like grew like by thousands. You'd be like a, a thousand a day or something. Wow. So just through that. And that's really how we got to the, when we went over 50,000, I think we went to 52,000. And in the end, I actually asked Instagram to unfollow us because although it was all Instagram's doing, all this activity yeah. on our account, it, the, I don't think the algorithm liked it. It made us look spammy, even yeah. though actually the spammy behavior was from other people following us. So I, I got Instagram to unfollow us, like so rude. Um, but I just couldn't stand all the fight, kind of fake behavior, the um, engagement that was going on on the account. But then oh, after so that, we did also get another feature. So we've been featured by Instagram three times. And yeah. that was another WHP we got. I think it was WHP food. Okay. And it was Dolly wearing some um, some ancient plant called Alexander's, which is an ancient vegetable on her head. And that got us the WHP as well. Oh, wow. So that's how it grew. And it grew fast. And it is because of Instagram following us. Wow. It's fantastic. Um, so, Liz, will you be able to um, send me the, the or tag me on the pictures that Instagram followed? that Instagram yeah. shared and then I yeah. can put them in the show notes for yeah. this episode put yeah. the links in so people can go and see yeah, them yeah. I'll go and find them yeah no that'd be really helpful thank you so um so what I'm going to call this podcast episode is going to be called um using tricks to improve your picks with Liz Gregg and <laughs> I wanted you to share um so you use tricks to get the you know you teach your dog tricks to get the photos mm. that, that you that look so so brilliant and I know that um like you, you've obviously done a lot of work with your dogs so you've got a lot of knowledge when it comes to training um, and obviously you've got the photography background as well but um are there any kind of what tip I know you meant when we chatted before this podcast you mentioned um some, somewhere someone who helped you a lot with your trick training so can you tell us a little bit about that how you kind of got started with learning tricks yourself there's a woman called Sylvia Trickman, and she's a, an, a dog trainer, but mainly through agility. So I used to do agility with Elsa yeah. and then with Jeannie. And she has won a lot of agility competitions. And so I knew that she had online training, and it's called Lola Booland. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like her style. Um it is very, it's pure positive reinforcement and it's not pre- pressuring your dog to do anything that it doesn't want to do. The trick to training is to make your dog want to learn and to work with you. And I just find that genius. It's doing it together, you know, it's it, it's it's called shaping and it's yeah. it's encouraging your dog to offer behaviors and then you reward the ones that you want and nothing is ever wrong so they don't get told off it's just the things the behaviors you don't want just don't get rewarded the behaviors that you do do get rewarded so initially with Jeannie all I would do I would just taught her how to play 
There yeah. was no sits and there's no downs. I think people sometimes, it's almost like they want to show off at how quickly they could teach their dog to sit. And I just, now I've done the um, the online courses with Sylvia, I just, I just see that as a bit of a mistake because what you're risking is shutting your dog down to training. If you just repeatedly shout sit or down at your dog, your dog is like, oh, my God, if I ever hear that word again, I'm actually going to kill myself. Can they please <laughs> stop? saying sit at me um, <laughs> this way you're actually waiting for them to offer the behavior so one of the things that I would do would be to teach and it was with Jeannie this was to teach her how to play so I'd get a few toys a tuggy toys around me and I would encourage her to play tuggy with one toy and that is by making the toy move a bit like a rabbit so not sticking yeah. it in their face but actually making random quick movements and hiding it underneath you and behind you and then and to act really encourage them to tug then once they're into tugging with that toy you drop that toy and pick up another toy and what you have to do is encourage your dog and it's all down to you that the toy in your hand is way more exciting than the one that you just dropped so they decide that you are more fun than that other toy okay. you are the thing that makes it great um, and you, to do that with several different toys and then every now and then just scoop the puppy up give them treats put them back down and play again yeah I found that genius and I loved it and some dogs are not necessarily that into playing tuggy either so the trick is you have to find the way that's going to make it exciting for your dog I think sometimes people want training to happen too quickly yeah. if the dog isn't into it instantly it's like oh my dog doesn't like that well, no, maybe you're just not doing it in a way that your dog finds interesting. But try it another way. Make whooping noises, run into another room, you know, like just be fun. Make sure your dog looks at you and thinks you are so much fun and I want to hang out with you and I want to do what you want to do that is the genius of it and then the other one thing that I would do was a thing with treats where you put treats on the floor and then you put your hand over it and if the dog chooses to move away and wait you flick a treat at them and they get the treat if they kind of nose at your hand or bark at you or scrabble with their paws at your hand you don't say anything you don't tell them off you just wait as soon as it's all about timing as soon as they just back off for a split second they get the treat then what you tend to find happens and this is why shaping start where shaping starts coming into it is they will start backing off and doing something to wait for the treat so for Jeannie it was she would back off and lie down so I would start anticipating that and saying down yeah and she knew down that is it there's no lowering her there's no pressing her down it is just I could I could predict when she was going to lie down and I would start saying down okay that's how I trained them but with many and it's also about um then encourage it how to motivate them to offer other behaviors so a classic one with shaping is to put a box in front of them and any behavior that they do towards the box you click and reward or say yes it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be click it or say yes and reward so in, in initially looking at it touching it with their nose sniffing it touching it with a paw click or yes 
reward, reward. And he's just, nothing is wrong. Any interaction with the box, mm-hmm. you're having fun, the dog is having fun, and they're just deciding themselves what to do. They're offering behaviours. You're not luring them. And it makes them use their brain. It makes them think. And to get a behaviour, a specific behaviour you want, it becomes then a waiting game. Once they've learned to offer behaviours and nothing is wrong, you then just kind of have to wait. And when they offer, say, with the box, the first time they get in the box, whoa, millions of trees, like, pop, like, fireworks going off well not fireworks <laughs> not like that <laughs> like really like make them know this is amazing so just things are uh, rewarded or sometimes jackpot jackpotted which is what uh, sylvia calls it yeah like so double go crazy reward. yeah go crazy yeah and I just I really I think it's fun and it's there's no like finishing post either you can train a dog forever. Elsa learned a new trick the other day at 11. Yeah. People are too eager to get it over with and to train their dog. It's the process that is important, not the actual trick. Okay. It is building a relationship with your dog and making them understand that you are so much fun. Let's hang yeah. out. Let's go on walks. When you shout, come, I am running back because what have you got planned for us now? That is how you teach recall, definitely. So you might think you're just teaching tricks, but what you're actually doing is teaching recall as well because your dog is going to find you just fascinating and amazing. You call them, they are sprinting back. <gasps> what game are we doing now? Yeah, totally. I um, I did an interview for my pet blog, um, which I know we talked about years ago, about with a dog trainer, and he said exactly the same thing. It's really? like, be more interesting, be yeah. like be the centre of your dog's world where they look to you for fun rather yeah. than look at dogs yeah. for fun. Yeah. Um, which is try, something that I do try and do with Patch. And I always make sure I have like a bag of, tri- of tricks, bag of treats and toys and stuff whenever we go out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, and mix up different fun. toys, different yeah. treats, you know, so they're never bored. Oh, yeah. I love training. I just find it fascinating. I find their brains fascinating. And even when it goes wrong, I actually love it because it's given me something else to train. Yeah. So every now and then, Jeannie's recall may start waning a wee bit. And I'm not yeah. like despairing about that. I'm like, oh, let's find a new way to kind of get her to find me interesting. So she's going to be sprinting back again. It's not a chore. It's part of owning a dog forever. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Okay. Um, so what I wanted to do for people listening um, who might look at your account and think, wow, I'd love to be able to replicate something like that. You've given some really great tips there about training. What I would love is to give some, give it a, like, a really nice, easy way for people to get a great shot um, and to kind of encourage them to, to, you know, to try and be more interesting, I guess, with their Instagram. So have you got like a really simple trick that, that people so can what do? I, what I thought we could do is, so um, for the snap catch photos, so I, I take dog photos and my sister came up with a name snap catch uh, for that side of my business. And so what a lot of those photos are, are a picture of a dog 
as it catches a treat. So their faces go crazy, funny, amazing. Their eyes can go crossed, their their flobbers will be flying. I just think they just look so funny, so joyous. And obviously the dog thinks it's amazing to repeatedly have treats thrown at their face. It is like their dream. Um, so I'll tell you how to do that because when I initially tried it, it did not work. There's kind of a trick how to do it. So initially, the you need to know that it happens in a split second. So for me, I do it in a studio environment and I've got high speed high speed flashes which you're not going to have. But that's how I do my studio photos. The flash freezes the moment that the dog catches the treat. But for you to be able to do it outside, basically just make sure it's a nice bright day. Otherwise, it is all going to be a wee bit of a motion blur. And most people will be using um, a, a camera phone, which, again, is fine. But the phone chooses the shutter speed to um to use as it takes the photo so if it's dull it is just going to be a big blur you need it to be bright so the camera makes the decision to do a fast shutter speed so mm -hmm. that's the only technical thing that you need to know really just make sure it's nice and bright and then to take the actual photo to get that moment when I initially tried to do it I was throwing the treats too randomly like too high the dog was having to jump to get it and obviously as soon as the dog jumps to get it you just end up getting a picture of their chest or a paw or something <laughs> or something else <laughs> so what you need to know is just to really contain it so get your dog sitting in front of you really close like just a couple couple of feet a meter say away maybe even closer like really close hold the camera in your right hand if you're right-handed get ready have it on their face then the trick is to time the catching of the treat with the taking of the photo. So you are going to throw that treat straight into their mouth, not above their head, straight into their mouth. As you do that, you take the photo. It okay. is going to take a few times to get it right because there is often a wee bit of a delay and the timing of the delay is different on different cameras. So you have to work out by looking at each photo as you take it, if you've been too quick, too slow, and slowly you will get the timing right with your dog and with the camera that you're using. And they're really funny. And do keep doing it because your dog's face changes for each shot potentially. And sometimes it's funniest as they're about to catch it. Some dogs are funniest as it's in their mouth. And others, it's actually really funny as they come towards the camera with their mouth clamped shut as they've caught it and their eyes are all googly and crazy it's addictive honestly it's so it's so fun to do those photos <laughs> you know what I'm going to be doing all weekend don't you Liz and you're going yeah, to be getting tagged on my crap photos and on sometimes people think that their dogs don't catch so as they when they've come to the studio to have these photos done, they've arrived saying that my dog doesn't catch but actually I do get them catching because as I've said, if you throw the treat straight at their mouth, come on, they may as well just give it a go. You know, they're yeah. not having to jump for it. It's no effort. And so you'll find that most dogs, not all dogs, but most dogs in the end actually do start catching because they just may as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really funny. You love it. <laughs> okay. So 
I'm really excited because you've also, I know we're in lockdown and everything at the moment and we can't really go anywhere or do anything, but you've got a snap catch tour going on, haven't you? So can you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Well, I know, but it's going to happen one day, isn't it? So what I've been doing during lockdown because I can't really work so much, like magazines aren't really shooting. Uh, So I'm the kind of person that has to be doing something. So what I've done is kind of come up with a new way to use my photography to and to combine it with the dogs to, to make a living. And that is by doing snap catches, by taking dog portraits. And because I don't just want to do it where I, I live, because I want to go and travel around the country meeting other people and, and different dogs, I've decided to do a wee bit of a pop-up studio tour of Britain taking photos of dogs so some of the catching ones I, normally with each dog I'll do a variety so some catching some just like pretty pictures of the dogs and what makes it possible for me to travel the country is I'll set up a studio at different locations and if I'm able to book in 10 dogs per day to come and have their picture taken it's totally worth my while it's not worth my while to travel to Newcastle to take pictures of one dog because I'd have to make that really expensive and it become really prohibitive yeah but if I get 10 dogs interested in one area it's totally worth it and totally worthwhile so what I'm going to be doing is maybe going to doggy daycare places or groomers and getting people to find me 10 dogs to take photos of and I will tour the country doing that and it's going to be amazing or sometimes what people can also do it doesn't have to be a business that organizes it if people have um, 10 friends that have dogs they can get them together and we can set it up I don't know like in somebody's conservatory or in like their <laughs> I don't need a massive area I just need a decent sized room with electricity and I can set the studio up anywhere and what is very exciting is I've only really been doing this for a year or so the snap catch photos and there's lots of breeds that I've not even photographed yet like I'm still genuinely excited about getting to do like some different dogs that I've not not done a Dalmatian yet I've not done a standard poodle you know there's so many that I still want to photograph Oh, this is really exciting because I know loads of like lots of people who I've got in my Facebook group and who hopefully listen. Um, <laughs> I hope that people listen to this podcast. Um, they have got, you know, like a dog walking business. So it's yeah. the kind of thing where they could say, right, you know, to the clients, look, we've got this lady, we're, we're thinking of doing this. This is what this lady does. These are the kind of images that you can get. Would you like, you know, would you like to be a part of it? And they could invite clients to come along. So it's a really and the cool person thing. that organises it gets it for free. I do their dog for free and they get a print. Yeah. So that's just yeah. so exciting. So whoever um, helps me out, they get rewarded for helping me out. Okay, right. Well, in that case, I've just down tools and just help this. No, seriously though, I was just thinking there's um there's a lady up here called Katie who's got this amazing like dog ward adventure play thing, and she's got so many people who she knows who go to dog ward. So that I mean, sounds fantastic. It's just amazing. I'll, I'll send you the link to it after we finish chatting, but it is just incredible. It's like Alton Towers basically for dogs. Oh, I wish we had that. I'm gonna have to set one up now. I know, I know. Well, Katie, she wants to help you. Um, but yeah, if people want to get involved, um, what do they? Uh, the other thing I wanted to say about the sessions as well is, when you're doing the the, the portraits and the the snap catches and, and and the stuff that you do and the tricks on the sessions, like the owner can can see what because I've been on shoots with you, the owner can see what you're doing, obviously, can't they? And yeah. I I find that really fascinating as well. Yeah. So and it is really. That. 
in. So I shoot tethered to a laptop. So as they take the photos, it appears on the screen, mm-hmm. which just from my own entertainment, I love. So you get to see it. You're taking the photos and look at the screen and you've got an amazing one. Whoa! Like, honestly, it's like it's addictive. And some dogs, it's difficult to stop taking photos of because each each photo is a wee bit different. Yeah. And you just, you can't wait to see what they're going to do next. It's it's so much fun. I love taking the photos. And what um, we'll often do, because some dogs quite a lot of dogs, get such variety out of their shoe. It's really, really difficult to pick just one image. So what a lot of people get is um, a triptych, which I love. So they pick three photos and then I'll Photoshop it together to show like the different catches, the different personalities of the dog. And I often get it mounted on aluminium as well, which looks really cool. So it is becoming um, a bit of a theme that, the, the, the triptych catch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so really cool. cool. Like my photos are just so so bad, so I have so much admiration for for <laughs> all of the stuff that you do. I wanted to ask you as well about um, when you're doing the shoots. Do dogs have to have like a? Is there anything that you do with the dogs to kind of calm them down or help them settle in? Um, do they have to have like a specific personality trait or anything to be to not be a model as such? Because you know you're you're obviously very competent and capable when it comes to training, but. Is there anything that, you know, if an owner was if an owner was listening and thinking, I'm not sure if my dog, I don't know if my dog will be OK with that. What would your kind of what, what would you say to them? I think a lot of people that think that are people that have got um, a crazy dog that's just all yeah. over the place. But actually, I quite love dogs like that who got a really like they tend to have a really massive work ethic. And I'm, I'm really good at persuading them to be in the spot that I need them to be in, you know, and they understand quite quickly, okay, if I sit here, she's going to throw a tree at my face and I get to catch it. And I've had dogs before, I think it was maybe a Patterdale, who didn't even really, it wasn't food um, motivated at all. But as soon as it understood it was a catch game, it was great at it, you know, yeah. so some the crazy dogs I love like high energy dogs is not a problem the dogs that are difficult are the ones that tend to be a bit wary of new situations um a bit nervy clingy with their owner and then it, it can take a long time to persuade them to be happy with the environment now with all dogs I don't assume with any dog that they're just going to be instantly fine so even the ones that are confident the ones that tend to be confident are great at it are things like Labradors Retrievers Pointers uh, Border Collies are amazing at it Jack Russells are amazing at it uh, Working Cockers uh, Cockers in general are amazing at it um, the, so even with them, which I'm pretty sure they're going to be good when they arrive, I don't make the assumption that they're going to be fine. So there's three things that the dogs have to be, get used to before we start taking the photos. Initially is the background. So it's a black velvet scoop that I have. I They arrive and I start throwing treats onto the background just waiting for them to choose to go have the treat have the treat and that is just reinforcing that area of the positive space to be once they look happy with the background I'll then start incorporating some flashes 
So as they eat the tree, I will trigger the flash. So they again start um, associating something good, the treat, with the flash of light. A lot of dogs don't even seem to notice the flash. It's strange because you think that it's going to freak them out. But I would say most dogs don't even really seem to notice the flash at all. But some dogs, you can see them jump and they will have to spend quite a long time being just eating the tree seeing the flash eventually they they mainly get used to it then we've done that they're looking happy I get them catching treats it's all amazing I put a camera in front of my face oh some dogs just really get freaked out by that and I've thought about it and I think what it is <laughs> is because dogs are quite short-sighted they can get a bit uh, wary of things like people wearing hats or having an umbrella up. And it's when the shape of something or the shape of a human changes, it just kind of um, plays with their brain a bit funny. Yeah. And they're like, is that still human? What is it? What is it? Are they going to be scared of it? What do I need to do? So my idea, what I might start doing is I think the camera has that effect because it's quite big, the camera, when it goes in front of my face. So what I might start doing as people book a session is I might send them like a black rectangle of cardboard that yeah. is a similar shape to my camera with um, a bit of tinfoil circle stuck on the front and a hole cut in that. And I might persuade people to just get their dog used to that a shape like that in front of their face so to start throwing treats get their dog used to catching the treats with this black cardboard in front of their face I'm sure people will be like ecstatic to be doing that on their evenings but I do think if they got used to that then it would take away that little bit of fear for, that some dogs have when I put the camera in front of my face um most dogs by the end are loving it some dogs just love it right from the beginning most dogs by the end are fine but a dog that is maybe you know just obviously wary of new situations a little bit nervous hasn't had the opportunity girls uh, no good girls that's it now there's a lorry or something parked up outside um has maybe not been overly well socialized, then I would maybe suggest that it isn't the right thing for them. I think it would um, maybe be a bit tricky for the dog and they, they wouldn't enjoy it. And obviously we don't want to force dogs to do something that they're not going to enjoy, that you know, it's going to maybe set them back with their training or their socialization. Okay. Um, no, I just think that's really helpful to know because while I think I guess if you've got an anxious dog or or an older yeah, dog or whatever like you just want that reassurance don't you I've not found an older dog actually I've not I've, I've not really found older dogs that ever yeah have a problem with it I think yeah. they've always seen quite a lot of life and they're just quite happy I mm. think it probably tends to be younger dogs that just have still got a wee bit of social socialization to do before they settle down and get confident but if you've mm -hmm. got a really underconfident dog and people will know if they've got an underconfident dog you know maybe it's just not right for them yet you know yeah. just go away for another year or so get them used to different environments I mean especially at the moment um I think a lot of puppies at the minute won't have had the opportunity to be really well socialized 
Yeah. My dogs are going into pubs and restaurants and things, you know, right from being puppies, just because I want to be able to go and take them lots of different places. So that I socialize them in places like that right from the beginning, took them on buses, trains to the hairdressers. You know, dogs need to have the experience of different places to be able to be happy in different spaces. Yeah, it's been a funny old few months, huh? well, a few months, it's not going to oh, be a year, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting to see what happens because yeah, obviously there's certain phases in a, in a dog's life in its puppyhood which are more important than others, you know, where you really do need to make them aware of the world and you know, the different things that are in it. And because that hasn't been available, I just wonder how possible it's going to be to kind of get those dogs up to speed and get them happy, you know, going to to to, to places that they've not experienced as puppies later on. Mm. We'll just have to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've just realised um, that I have been talking for ages and ages and ages, and it's been absolutely <laughs> blinking brilliant chatting to you about so many different things. Um, and what I wanted to do, like, I know obviously you can't do the, you can't shoot at the moment or do the get-togethers at the moment, but I hope, by the time this podcast goes out, we're going to be getting, which will be like March time, we will be getting closer to being able to go out and do things again. Um, I know, um, so so I know that people can, we can go and find out about the tour on your website, and I'm going to put all the links to your website and your Instagram and your social media in the show notes that go with this podcast. So if you're listening on a phone or on your computer, you just swipe up and you'll get all of the links to find out more about Liz. Um so yeah so if people want to get in touch what's the best way for people to get hold of you Liz? I love a chat so you can always call you can do old school and call okay obviously email uh message facebook messenger i check the the social media that i check the most is uh black white gold um message constantly Mm -hmm. looking at that but i've also there's a snapcatch instagram as well yeah. I check things all the time. So, you okay. know, through my website, through social media, there's many, many ways that you can get in touch with me and all are valid and all of them make me happy when I hear from somebody. Oh, bless you. Well, I'm going to get off this call. I'm going to throw some treats for Patch. I'm going to round up some dogs and you can see my Snapcatch photos you know taken. What you need to do as well at the end of this, you need to show the photos that you get a Patch catching. I bloody will. <laughs> I will. I'm going to put them in the show notes for this podcast. You really need to. Website, and then you can you can despair at my photography <laughs> skills. <laughs> Liz, it has been so brilliant having you on on the podcast. Thank you so much. I love doing it, Rachel. There. Love to chat to you. And you know, both dogs at the minute are just like lazing, like on their chaise longs, <laughs> um, washing themselves. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So we have the sound, it's the sound in the background of dogs licking paws, which is really always very pleasant. Oh, I'm glad you so said paws. Really <laughs> right then, my lovely. Well, I will let you go, but thank you so much for coming on and I will look forward to seeing you soon. Excellent. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.